I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy, beautiful town. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and Marvel and put our fists through things. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Abby. Hello. Hello. It's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, we took a week (laughs) off, which was much needed for both of us, I think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I took a week off from both of my podcasts and it was very restful and wonderful. So I appreciate our listeners for allowing us to take breaks. Mm -hmm. I know it's like, Oh, you really want another episode, but sometimes this is a lot of work and we're giving you, we're giving free content and like, we love and super appreciate you guys, but also we have lives too and it's hard. Right. <laughs> but like everybody was also like super understanding and like, oh yeah, feel feel better, take care of yourselves. And like, that's really reassuring to see. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. It tells us that you care about us as people and not just content. Yeah. So. We're not just, uh, Cheeks. <laughs> we're not just a product to you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that feels really good. <laughs> Actually, on that note, um, I am moving, so probably the next two weeks we won't have new episodes. Maybe just one. Maybe we'll just take one week off. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. this is gonna work. So, um, we just like moved really fast on this apartment because it was like super competitive, and so our move-in date is like a week from when we viewed it, and we're like, oh my god. <laughs> so, we're, I'm a little stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's not going to be a lot of news anyway in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks, probably till D23. So I think we're okay. But yeah, we'll see. We haven't decided if I'm going to throw out something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should do like a cat uh, podcast where you have Berlioz on and, and ask him about all his, his cat head cannons <laughs> for. What's the name of Hux's cat? Millicent. Millicent, yep. And whatever else. Whatever other cats like are. Like Loth, Loth cats. cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how he feels about representation of cats yeah. in the Star Wars. <laughs> he'd be a great guest. I he sent could... you the picture of him sitting at the kitchen table and like oh, he yeah. looks like he's ready to host a podcast. He totally does. He's super chatty. He like mm-hmm. he's very vocal. He likes you to know his opinions on things. Yep. Oh god, yes. <laughs> um you don't have a problem with getting him to talk. So Right. So welcome to Cat the Podcast. <laughs> Or what? I'll just do a whole podcast about the Cats movie trailer. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, so someone posted um, the trailer set to the Us version mm-hmm. of I Got Five on it, and it was so good. I was like, mm-hmm. this, is, this could totally be a horror film, and it's amazing. <laughs> yep. I was so pleased by that. Maybe we should talk about Star Wars. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, we're not even really going to be talking about Star Wars in this episode. We're going to be talking <laughs> about Marvel. Um, yes. We're going to do like a, I don't know, it's not really a mashup. It's just, Marvel is a big part of pop culture and we also love it. 
Mm -hmm. I have a podcast about a Marvel show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and there's just a lot of comparisons that can be made, I think. Um, so we'll get into that in a, in a second. But mm-hmm. let's get into some news. Um, Thrawn Treason is out. Abby says, I guess. <laughs> I won't have time to read this for a while, so I'm not yeah. even thinking about it yet. And I didn't get to go yeah. to Comic-Con, so I didn't get to get that that sexy cover. Um <laughs> So whatever, but uh, from what I've seen, people that have like advanced review copies and people that have picked up a copy, it seems like it's pretty good for a Thrawn book. I've heard bad things. Have you? I always hear good and bad things about Thrawn novels, so I just, I have to read them. (laughs) I also think I'm I'm biased in that, like I want to hear the bad (laughs) things. Well, hopefully that for you, this is the last book that Thrawn is in, <laughs> at least his own book. Okay, I yeah, I don't mind Thrawn. Like, I liked him in Rebels. I thought he was great in Rebels, but like, I don't fucking care about him enough to read a book about him. I understand. I understand. <laughs> um, speaking of not feeling motivated enough or caring enough to read about <laughs> about a character. There's going to be a comic by Charles Sewell, uh, The Rise of Kylo Ron. <laughs> Kylo Ron. Damn it, I messed it up. <laughs> I'm like one of those old people that's trying to be like hip, making fun of characters, and I, and I, mm-hmm. I blew it. Um, but yeah, um, this actually sounds kind of interesting, but I just don't care right now. Yep. Um, I'll I'll wait until after like a couple issues come out. Yeah, and if I'm diggity down to uh, read them illegally, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already so behind on all of the Star Wars comics. Like maybe I should read Afra and like support mm-hmm. Afra mm-hmm. before I support him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but- I stopped reading them for a long time because of um. Oh, what the hell is his name? The guy, the head of Marvel Comics. Yeah, I kept (laughs) I kept thinking J.B. Pritzker, which is the Illinois governor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I stopped reading after that whole ordeal went down and then just never. Oh yeah, I haven't paid for a Marvel comic since I've heard oh. about that. Yeah, I've I've uh, <laughs> never paid for a Marvel comic. <laughs> I refuse to give them my money. Yep. Um, I still can't believe that that is a thing, and it's still he's still editor. It just blows my mind. Blows yep. my mind. I shouldn't be surprised, but it still blows my mind. Right. Google him if you don't know what we're talking about. He. Yep pretended to be a Japanese man and he's very much not a Japanese man but anyway no. um there's also there were also a bunch of comet covers revealed at Comic-Con which I think they were like comic series or runs that were announced early yeah. like at celebration and they're just like revealing all the art now yeah which um we're not gonna run through what they are there's too many no. <laughs> and, and think- like they look really cool they're all on the Star Wars website if you want to see them yes absolutely but obviously this is not a visual medium so it's not going to be who us <laughs> to sit here and talk about like what these covers look like we could do that for something else but not for comics no offense he actually offense i don't care fuck you marvel, <laughs> fuck you, marvel. <laughs> i feel like that's another theme of our podcast no offense but actually offense <laughs> 
<laughs> oh lord um so let's get into today's topic sorry if you can hear this cat meowing i should have fed them before we recorded yeah. it's fine i'll just have meows to edit out um <laughs> we're okay first of all san diego comic-con marvel panel on saturday night was ridiculous like uh-huh I came on to Twitter like an hour later and was screaming and there were still people screaming like an hour later mm-hmm. about everything. Like I hadn't really missed anything because there was so much excitement. So much shit was announced and we just thought that we should kind of talk about Marvel and Star Wars because they're both owned by Disney. They're both these like huge franchise franchises that are very old. I mean, Marvel's like way older than mm-hmm. Star Wars, obviously, and they kind of, they're different mediums. It's like different. There's a lot of differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. And I think we need to talk about it um, Mm -hmm. because I think representation, something that we are huge advocates for, is like a huge um, hot topic in Marvel right now. Mm -hmm. And Star Wars needs to show the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, so like Jess was saying, there's a shit ton revealed at Comic Con. Um, I hopped in at when they had announced Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. and all I could do was hyperfixate on Valkyrie and also the title of Love and Thunder. And I was like, good, it's a whole movie about Thor protecting the lesbians. <laughs> Very excited about it. Um, but there was so much that was announced, like stuff we knew about, but like kind of went into more depth. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm really stoked about that because yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, well, he's now Captain America uh, and Winter Soldier are two of my favorite characters and I fucking love their dynamic. I yes. think they're hilarious. Yes. Um, oh my God. And interviews too. The actors are oh great. My God. <laughs> they're so funny. <laughs> they're so because like Sebastian Stan is like like playing all shy and stuff like that and then there's Anthony Mackie who like just fucking comes out there and is like what you see is what you get and then rags on Tom Holland oh my god I love the beef that they have with Tom Holland it makes me so happy the the child yeah (laughs) versus juice Yes. So good. Um, yeah, and I saw something, I don't know how accurate it is because I think it was on one of those comic book like clickbait sites, but mm-hmm. I saw it on Twitter and it was basically like the premise of the story is that the government doesn't want to accept that uh Falcon is now Captain America, which sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, can even think of a lot of people in my personal life who need to accept that Sam Wilson is Captain America. Right. Um, and I think, I think with some people, it's kind of like one of those implicit biases kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where they hide it under the guise of they wanted it to be Bucky Barnes. And like, sure, that would have been cool. And yes, he did become Captain America in the comics. But like, so did Sam Wilson. And the fact right. that you're so up in arms over Sam Wilson becoming Captain America is a little hmm. racist to make you go. Hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sam Wilson is one of my favorite characters of all time. And y'all can suck my dick. He's Captain America now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. 
So Doctor Strange 2 is another one that's coming out, which I didn't really care about. And I still don't really care about, even though I guess uh, Wanda is going to be in it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's, I don't, yeah, Scarlet Witch is going to be in it somehow, but it's going to be like, they said it's going to talk about the multiverse and it's going to be like a horror film, which is kind of cool sounding. Um, But it still bothers me that in Doctor Strange 1, the Ancient One was white and that Doctor Strange is also white, like it didn't have to do Mm -hmm. this. And the Asian characters were all sidelined and used in mysticism. So that bothers me. So I'm not really, I don't really care about this. But I do like Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, oddly enough, after Infinity War and Endgame. So it's frustrating because like I do think he does a good job. Um. Yeah, I don't fucking care about him. <laughs> I know. I don't either. And I, I have not seen the first Doctor Strange. I have no interest in seeing the first Doctor Strange. It just... It's it's fine. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a white dude with man pain going down a journey. Right. And, like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, um, what's I, his I, name? I, There's a nice um universe crossover. Um, Galen Erso uh, plays the villain. <laughs> Yes, I couldn't remember his name. (laughs) But yeah, he plays the villain uh, in that film. So yay. Yay crossover. We're going to have a lot of that soon. Um, Uh Another thing I didn't care about was WandaVision, which is the most ridiculous name for a television show ever. (laughs) But they announced that Monica Rambeau is going to be in it, Mm -hmm. which super intrigued me. And Mm -hmm. yes, so that's um maria rambo's daughter and monica rambo was like the first captain marvel in the comics before carol um and she is a black girl and Mm -hmm. i think her name is is photon in the comics yes is that correct Uh, i don't have jared's um Mem- like eidetic memory handy like I usually do when I talk about <laughs> comics on a podcast so <laughs> someone can fact check us there but yeah so now I'm intrigued by that and I'm like man now I have to watch this dumb show uh-huh. because of her damn it I have to watch this dumb show where this girl who is way better than this iPhone wants to fuck <laughs> this iPhone when and when it's dead even though you could just put it in rice like I don't fucking care <laughs> wow speaking of things that i don't give a fuck about hawkeye don't give a fuck about clint barton anymore yeah so i don't either mcu clint barton but it looks like the logo for this looks like the matt fraction run from the comics and it was such that's like the only marvel comics that i've read because it was such a good run and i really like the art david aha did the art and then um um Annie Wu. I adore her art and she does a really good Kate Bishop. Um, but anyway, there's mention that Kate Bishop is going to be taking up the mantle of Hawkeye, which makes me really happy. And so I'm wondering, because the the MCU Hawkeye is like super different from the comics Hawkeye. Like mm-hmm. comics Hawkeye is single, lives in Brooklyn, is like a big fucking mess. He has a huge like complex because he's like one of the only non-powered people on the Avengers. And he's just like... Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And he has this like kid that like helps him out sometimes named Kate. And she is mm-hmm. Hawkeye sometimes when he's like too injured to like do shit. And he just like protects the people that live in his building. And he has a dog named Pizza Dog. And then he goes mm-hmm. deaf and he has to learn how to mm-hmm. cope with that. And it's really cool. 
And so I'm wondering if they're going to go more along those lines, even though he has like a fucking family and is dumb and shit. But then they also talked mm-hmm. about how he's, they're going to explore the like Ronin storyline, which I'm like, yeah. why? I don't want any of that shit. No. So I hope that they just kill him off in like the first episode and then Kate Bishop takes Ooh. over. Hell yeah. <laughs> because Kate Bishop to me is coded as either Asian or Latina, which mm-hmm. would be great. So we should do that. We we should do that. Please. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jess and I will do that. <laughs> Speaking of another thing I don't really care about, Black Widow. Oh god. I don't fucking care. This movie is 10 years too late. That and it's just and it, like everyone is white. Like Yep. Like, like I don't <laughs> fucking care. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care about Scarlett Johansson. Fuck you, Scarlett Johansson. Go play a tree somewhere else. <laughs> I'm tired of your shit. She's just mad that she wasn't hit up for Blade. <laughs> <laughs> or Shang-Chi. <laughs> oh, my God. Those jokes never get old. I will never be laughing at them. They're so good. Every time yep. I see them. So yep. good. Yep. So, fuck Black Widow movie. <laughs> yeah, don't care. Um, But... Our beloved Mahershala Ali is going to be motherfucking Blade, which was such a power move. He like won his Oscar and like called up Kevin Feige and was like, I want to play Blade. And they're like, all right, let's Mm -hmm. do this. And then they announced Mahershala Ali calls you because I want to be Blade. (laughs) You make him Blade. Yeah. Like, and I think this has like been a fan cast that's been going around for years. Mm -hmm. And it's just really amazing that it happened. And I love it. And I love that he was like, Cottonmouth in Luke Cage, and he's like, "Nah, I can do this again. <laughs> I don't care about continuity." Yeah, fuck that. It's so great. It's such a power move. I love it. I love it. I also um, desperately want somebody to look at me the way Taika Waititi looks at Mahershala Ali. Oh my god, he's just like gleefully like standing uh-huh. on stage, just like heart eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so adorable. Yes. Um. Another movie that I'm, like, not super familiar with, but has a super diverse cast, um, The yeah. Eternals, um, which, oh, my God, they got Angelina Jolie in a mar- It's nuts to me. Yeah, I was very surprised about that. Yeah, when I saw that casting, I was like, there's no way. And then she's on stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, oh, you know what we didn't mention about Thor 4 was that Jane Foster is coming back as Thor, yeah. which yeah. is another power move. Like Natalie Portman just like bows out of the MCU and then is like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm coming back to be Thor. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Taika is making his return. Oh, that's, um, that is truly the best gift. It really is. And Taika. I know. And then Tessa was like talking about how like now that she's king of Asgard, she needs to find her queen. Mm-hmm. Which mm. um, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> you and oh. like how many other women? <laughs> you have a chance. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. You got Thank this. Thank you. you got this. <laughs> yeah, I have. Okay, I'm very excited for Jane Foster Thor. I am iffy about Natalie Portman. I am um, I am thumbs down about Natalie Portman. I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, same. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, it's very complex. 
maybe not that complex. (laughs) I have, I think it's hard because like I grew up loving Natalie Portman. Like she was my part of my bio awakening. Um, (laughs) But then, I mean, like she says post Hamilton age, like what? Get your racist ass out of here, Natalie. Um, Yeah. She just, she's just, she's just. I just don't think that she's that great of an actress, to yeah. be honest. Like, she really needs a very specific type of director, and hopefully Taika is that director, but, yeah. like, in when she was Jane Foster before, she was not compelling. Like, her and Chris Hemsworth had no chemistry. Like, just did not buy it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I didn't really care for her as Padme, either, to be honest. Like, I liked yeah. her as young Padme, but when she was yeah. Senator Amidala, I was like, mm, okay, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, but that is also under the direction of um, <laughs> George, so I will, <laughs> you know, be forgiving of that. But I don't know. There's other things that I've seen her in that I just haven't been super impressed, like Garden State and the one where she's like a stripper with Jude Law. I can't remember. Oh, I don't anyway, V um, for Vendetta, I guess, was fine. I don't know. I'm not super thrilled on her as anything, but I am yeah. thrilled about Jane Foster being back. I, yeah. I just think it's funny that like all these actors are like cashing in now that it's <laughs> Marvel is clearly the monetary powerhouse it has become. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like I would have backed out in her situation yeah. too, because yeah, yeah. the writing for the women in the Thor films was terrible. Mm-hmm. And Taika has done such a better job. Thor movies are like where it's at right now. After yeah. Ragnarok, like everybody wants another Thor movie, which yeah. I felt like never could have happened before Ragnarok. Nope. Nope. Just so. shows. Get these new and fresh voices telling different types mm-hmm. of stories and get a revival. Mm-hmm. So there's another TV show that is also kind of like, I mean, my my thirsty heart like is super excited for this. For, it's Loki because I love Loki and I have a hard on for Tom Hiddleston and his voice, but also I'm kind of like, well, I don't know what they're going to say and, and like how do, they're going to make it different. And it's the storyline for this is like that time period, like during Endgame when he like disappeared with a Tesseract. So I thought it was like from 2012 Avengers to mm-hmm. when he disappeared with the Tesseract. I guess. Like, I um... <laughs> time the time travel shit confuses me so i think that yeah. is we're, i think we're both correct because <laughs> i think it's i think that's exactly the same timeline <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. but but yeah whatever like i i'm excited to have more tom hiddleston because i was really sad that they killed off loki um because mm-hmm. i love him and i think that he was just starting to come around as this like anti-hero instead of just pure dumb villain which mm-hmm. was thanks to again taika mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I just love him and, and Chris Hemsworth together. They're just so great. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't really know what other things they could tell. Let, let me let me shit on the font for a second. Oh, yeah, that is. Okay. <laughs> but let, like, let's not just pick on Loki. Let's pick on all of them. <laughs> Marvel is a multi-billion dollar company. And they can't pay someone that doesn't have a graphic design as my passion in Comic Sans as, like, their Twitter header. <laughs> like, listen, I am not a graphic designer by any means. I'm sure it is very hard. Like, I'm not being, like an, like, an asshole when I say that. I'm sure it's very difficult. 
However, <laughs> whoever they have for Marvel, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> the fuck are these logos? Like, I the yeah, WandaVision one is dumb. The Doctor oh, Strange one looks terrible. The Hawkeye one comes straight from the comics, so, like, whatever. Uh-huh. Black mm-hmm. Widow's boring. Eternals is boring. Falcon and the Winter Soldier are boring. Yeah. Blade is Blade. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. But Loki. That one is, I don't need, someone was like on mushrooms when they were making this logo <laughs> and we're just like throwing shapes at the wall and watching them fall to the ground and picking them back up. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what that was. Um, <laughs> one other film is Shang-Chi, which my Asian heart is so full. I know nothing about this comic and this character, mm-hmm. but I'm so excited because my favorite, Simu Liu, is going to be in it. He's from Kim's Convenience. He plays Jung, and he's so hot, and he's so oh enthusiastic, and everything that I've seen. Like, he did a Twitter AMA the other day, and he was just so funny and interactive with everybody, and he's just, like, so excited to be here. He's, like, mm-hmm. he is a true Marvel fan, and he's, like... I'm here and oh my God, like I just looked into Tom Iddleston's eyes and I can't form words now. <laughs> like <laughs> he is all of us and I love him. Um, yeah. So yeah, yay Asian. I mean, we already have Asian superheroes from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we don't have them on the big screen yet. So this is exciting. Right. right. And um, the supporting cast for that is fire as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're only in our first bullet point and it's already like 20 minutes in. So we should move forward <laughs> just we're not even a marvel podcast and but there's like so much stuff and like mm-hmm. obviously like the diversity is great and mm-hmm. there's queer representation there's women of color there's men of color there's like oscar award-winning actors there's female representation and not just on stage and like behind mm-hmm. the camera too like yeah. it's it's great and it was so exciting and I know like every person like on black twitter asian twitter everyone was like going nuts because mm-hmm. it was just like we were just being fed <laughs> we're just like yeah. oh my god like this is what we've been waiting for it's like they had been reading our twitter feeds for months like just knowing what we wanted and that's not even everything because like D23 is still coming up and there's going to be more announcements, I'm sure, for like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, like all these other things. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like on on Star Wars Twitter that day, like I saw a lot of us were like, "Good God, could you imagine if Star Wars was doing what Marvel is? And a lot of people interpreted that as in terms of content, like the amount of content. And yeah. I'm like, no, please don't give me that. I'm tired and I am small and I am, I only have so much money. So you can see the kind of stress I'm under. Um, <laughs> but I, what I, I can't afford to be a Marvel and a Star Wars fan of Star Wars no. starts pumping out content like this. Cause I'm going to be extremely broke. <laughs> no, no. Um, but we're talking about the diversity. Like, yeah, I I ca- I tweeted about that, and mm-hmm. so I had so many people commenting about like I'm fine with only having one film a year, and I was like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am too. Don't worry. I would even yeah. be fine with like a film every other year and like more yeah. TV shows if that's what it takes to have diversity in in a galaxy far, mm-hmm. far away. But oh, we can only dream, right? Right. Hope. And like I know that like Marvel has I'm I'm gonna talk about like queer rep real quick. Mm-hmm. Like I know Marvel has queer baited us for years. Yeah. Um but like it is 
I know it's been 10 years of queer baiting, but like it is nice to see them finally start taking those steps. Yeah. Um, like Tessa Thompson saying that Valkyrie, the king of Asgard, needs her queen was like has fed me um, mm-hmm. until Thor 4 comes out. Um, yeah. And it's just like I'm sitting there like Star Wars could never. Like yeah. I cynically can't imagine a world in which that happens on the big screen in Star Wars because there's a lot of creatives um, within Lucasfilm that kind of treat it like a joke. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, and it's interesting that the I it's very clear that the actor and I'm pretty sure Taika like advocated for this. Yeah. So like we talk a lot about like how the actors are you know, they don't have creative control over their stories, mm-hmm. but they still do have power in a sense. Like, yeah. And the fact that they were able to fight for this just is so amazing. And I know Tessa Thompson is like, I, she would have died <laughs> before, mm-hmm. like not having this be a reality um, for the universe. Right. So, right. I know her. No, I just, I know she's a big advocate for the, for the queer community. Tessa Thompson and I have tea regularly. <laughs> she's my friend. We go clubbing. God, I wish. Right? Um, <sighs> I feel like maybe my bioawakening started with that fight scene in Thor Ragnarok when her and Loki are doing the knife fight. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't with that scene. I, it's too much. <laughs> Wait, Jess, are you admitting something no I'm just oh. saying if that were something that I admitted that's where it started no <laughs> listen you're queer baiting me <laughs> but yeah like it was like so exciting that like this all was being announced but it was also disheartening because it's like I love Marvel but I'm not as serious about Marvel as I am about Star Wars but maybe that's gonna change maybe I'll be like okay, Star Wars is falling so far behind in something that's so important to me. Like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, Star Wars, I've never seen myself in Star Wars except for Rose Tico. So it's like, mm-hmm. I guess it's not anything different, but it's so much it's so much easier and nicer to have a universe that I like can be excited about diversity and inclusion. And like, I don't know, Star Wars is not feeding me. No, nope. and it fucking it was, hurts. It does. It really hurts. And it's like, it made me really happy, but also made me sad. <laughs> Yeah. So now that we've kind of talked about the real world comparisons between Marvel and Star Wars, like in terms of as a corporation, um, let's get into some of the stuff about like in terms of their content of themes that they share and characters who are similar and all that jazz. Well, like actually, since we were coming off this topic, let's talk about the classically poor treatment of people of color. (laughs) (laughs) Classically. Classically. (laughs) Minus like Black Panther and Thor Mm -hmm. Ragnarok. Right. Let's be fair. But I mean, Thor Ragnarok still has a white male lead. So there we go. But um, I just think about mostly what comes to mind is Guardians. Um, Zoe Saldana as Gamora like Afro Latina is mm-hmm. a green woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like and then we have Mantis who is not in the comics an alien. She is human. She's like half Vietnamese in the comics. Oh, great. And they made her an alien in the films. And the fact that Drax is like he's Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. He's an alien. He's Filipino. Yep. Yeah. And he's like also says all this like horrible shit like he can't, <laughs> he speak he can't understand metaphors unless it's the word whore 
or <laughs> like that for whatever reason he understands. Mm-hmm. And so it's mostly Guardians of the Galaxy that comes to mind, but also just like the way that Wong is treated in mm-hmm. Infinity War and in mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the Ancient One is like, oh, she's Celtic. So let's, you know, cast what's her name as the Ancient One. That's great. Maybe the Ancient One Celtic. Yeah, that's what they were doing. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Listen, listen. As someone from Celtic descent, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Right? There's no lack of representation for... for... No. Go watch Braveheart, you fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Or like any um, King Arthur adaptation. Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Uh, well, you know what? King Arthur is not Celtic, I'll just say. No, isn't there Celtic characters? Oh, yeah. There? There? Isn't, like, what's her name? Morgan Celtic? Or no, she's, like, something else. I don't yeah, remember. You Whatever. Right. It's been a long... Uh, there's so many adaptations out Who there. Who fucking like, cares? Someone <laughs> in King Arthur is Celtic in some <laughs> adaptation. Yeah. You, <laughs> meant, yeah. you very poignantly, poignantly mentioned about Zoe Saldana, an Afro-Latina covered in green. And then in Star Wars, you get... Lupita Nyong'o and Afro-Latina CGI'd completely. And then also just like the background women of color characters like in the original trilogy are uh, Twi'lek. They're Twi'lek, yeah. And they're cover- they're blue or pink or whatever mm-hmm. color they are. Ula. Yeah, Ula. Um, Ahsoka is coded as being mm-hmm. maybe black or some type of woman of color. Also an alien. Mm-hmm. Ventress too. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, Luminara mm-hmm. and Barris. It's just not great. Not great. A hot fucking mess. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but like Marvel's a little different because it takes place on Earth. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of like other planets. So I guess you could say this about them too, but there's a lot of like stealing and appropriating of like. Yes like South and East Asian cultures, native cultures, African cultures. I mean, like Black Panther was kind of meant to be like an amalgam of many different African cultures and they were done Mm -hmm. by black voices. And so that's completely different. (laughs) Right. It's not like white people coming and taking like, oh, I like this native influence. I'm going to use this design in this costume or something like that. George. Yeah. Um, so there's that too that we have in common. Um the other thing I think um that kind of ties into like real world stuff as well mm-hmm. that's not great about Marvel and Star Wars is that the fridged female characters characters are just like the poor treatment of female characters in general, just like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like obviously like Val and um mm-hmm. and Padme, mm-hmm. um, Shmi essentially too. What's Jin's mom name? Lyra. Lyra. Um, God, the list goes on. And then what's her name? Scarlett Johansson's character. Uh, Natasha. Natasha. God, <laughs> I, I'm drinking. I'm sorry. So am I. <laughs> My memory is terrible right now. Yeah, Natasha and Gamora are both fridged. Mm-hmm. Like in the exact same way, which is so infuriating. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, really? You didn't learn from the last film? Nope. <laughs> Always got to be about someone's man pain. Yeah. And Star-Lord's mom was fridged also. Like, mom had cancer, whatever. And not only did she have cancer, but she was killed by (laughs) what's-his-name. Like, he made her, he he gave her a brain tumor, like, so she would die, which is great. 
I mean, kind of Peggy Carter, too. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. to be honest, like, she's just kind of, she's made old, and then she's killed. Or she's not killed, but she dies from being old. She dies, yeah. Um, I love Peggy Carter with all my heart and soul. I do, too. So much. And she deserved so much better. And her TV show got canceled, which is fucking Yeah, bullshit. what the fuck? But now the way that they ended Endgame, I'm I'm like, I'm very confused. So <laughs> I just, I don't fucking think about it in terms of either. like the, the continuity. Travel. Yeah, I don't fucking care. I don't really either. I, Life I, is easier when you just say fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I just suspend my, my disbelief in, yep. all the time. <laughs> Some of the good things I think that... Star Wars and Marvel have in common though you put in here fighting for what's good I think hope Mm -hmm. goes into that too like the heroes are heroes like against all odds insurmountable odds is something else you put in there like so true like the Death Star has one port that you have to get one torpedo through and Luke manages Mm -hmm. to do it (laughs) like and and Avengers get one more shot at defeating Thanos and they invent time travel to do it yeah I mean, it's just like brilliant minds and and luck and it's supernatural forces. And Mm -hmm. these are the stories that we love for a reason, because it gives us hope as human beings that that could happen to us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a nice kind of escapism to think that that's possible. Yeah. I don't know. Um, And it's like they always have something in their back pocket like, oh, here's this one thing like Scott. Yeah, Scott Lang happened to be brought back by a rat in time mm-hmm. to, like, present this time travel thing to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Which is fucking ridiculous, just, and I love it. But <laughs> Yeah. I always like to think about, like, you, you know, like, Star Wars and Marvel is escapism, but it also, like, is inspiration. I mean, at least for me. Um, yeah, same. Like, my, my very worn out example at this point is, like, Rogue One coming out at the right time like mm-hmm. didn't mean to do that but Rogue Rogue One came out a month after the 2016 election and many of us I was very depressed and hope felt a lot of hopelessness and here comes this movie barreling in about a pretty diverse uh team aside from white woman Janerso. Um <laughs> uh as much as I love Jin. Generic white woman who looks like every other white woman in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um facing these insurmountable odds and defeating helping to defeat evil um because of hope. Yeah. Rebellions are built on hope. And that's it. Yeah. And like it's the same thing in, in Marvel, especially in terms of Infinity War and Endgame and like they do everything in those movies based on a hope that they yeah. could save people. Like there's no guarantee that the time travel will work or that it'll work in their favor and you know, they might not come back and stuff like that, but it's they ho- based yeah. on a hope. Yeah, and there's there's like so many factors that ha- everything has to go just right. And right. yeah, there's like no room for error and when they have error it's like just okay. Thanks yeah. Tony Stark, you know everything. <laughs> you saved the day yep Uh, speaking of Tony Stark (laughs) I put in here daddy issues (laughs) I was thinking specifically of Tony and um, also a little bit of Luke uh, with 
maybe Kylo too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Kylo's got Danny issues at the wazoo. Probably Han yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. just thought that was a funny one. <laughs> it is funny. Obviously, toxic masculinity has a, a very large mm. place in both franchises in many ways, mm-hmm. but daddy issues for sure. Um, yeah. Let's talk about characters. Speaking of daddy issues. <laughs> I think the two that I automatically default to is like similar characters is Luke and Steve Rogers. Yeah, me too. Uh, they have very similar mindsets and similar personality traits and and stuff like that that really fucking draws me to them um just like these soft boys that like wanted to do the right thing and didn't want there to be bullies (laughs) and i don't care where they're from i just don't like bullies they're just like so pure and like they just keep going i think maybe up until the last Jedi, I think Luke is has a different diversion from his mm-hmm. path, maybe just for a little bit, because yeah. we'll, and we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, it there's something about that type of character, and I'm it's really interesting that Luke isn't like a favorite character of mine because I love Steve Rogers so much for all of these qualities, and I just like mm-hmm. I just like want to cry thinking about like how he doesn't know how to do anything else but serve and whew, keep going. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like I, I was thinking about this on my way home from work of like you know these very obvious parallels between Luke and Cap but like I kept coming back to like specific lines that it happened in the Captain America films but I feel it could also kind of apply to Luke so like you know one of the big ones is um, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn and like Steve maintains that throughout everything. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn and Luke is, you know, just a kid from some backwater planet called Tatooine. Yeah. Um, just a farm boy. Uh huh. And then like Steve's classic, I can do this all day. Um, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that really is America's ass. Also, God bless you for posting America's ass on our <laughs> Lousy Beautiful Sound Twitter. You know, I had to throw it out there as a preview of what mm-hmm. is coming because we can't not be thirsty. And that's nope. just such a great ass to be America's yep. ass. Oh, God, it's a beautiful ass. <laughs> I will salute to that ass. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but anyways, like, I think Luke very much so has a similar mentality. Um even if, like, I feel like Steve is just, like, constant in I will keep doing the right thing. Like, Luke has his resistant moments and his hesitant moments of, like, but I was supposed to go to Tashi Station or, like, I got to be <laughs> back before dinner, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, like, I think they have a similar mindset. And then the one that fucking kills me is Steve being told that he's not a good soldier, but he's a good man. Um, and... I feel like that also can, you know, on the flip side, be applied to Luke. Like, yeah. he's not a perfect Jedi <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But he's but a, he's good, a person. good man. Yeah. I think, yeah. too, about, like, Empire Luke and then about Winter Soldier Cap and, like, how mm. their loyalty to their people, like, whoever that is. and Not Winter Soldier. Civil War Cap. Winter Soldier mm-hmm. Cap, too, I guess. Because um, mm-hmm. Bucky's there's Bucky conflict in both of those films, but just like how Bucky is his person and how he will go against the world for Bucky, even Mm -hmm. if like, that means like 
running away from the Avengers. <laughs> and yeah. Luke totally did that. He ran away from his training with Yoda to go save Leia and Han and Chewie mm-hmm. and the droids. Well, and I think even you can make the, that kind of direct comparison between Luke and Empire and even a little bit in Jedi and Winter Soldier of like them starting to lose faith in the organizations that they work for quote-unquote yeah. work for like Absolutely. that's that's one of my favorite parts about steve's journey is like you think captain america and you're like ah yeah like this is a man who uh salutes and will always stand for the national anthem and loves the mm-hmm. president and stuff like that and here's you know the symbol of america challenging every american institution yeah of like what the fuck is this yeah. um and and and, and, Luke and does sorry and being ahead. and being okay with shield falling because yeah. of its overreach. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like he, like, he tells but, like I almost said um, Samuel L. Jackson. He tells <laughs> Nick Fury. It essentially is the same person. Yeah, yeah. He tells Mace Windu. Um, <laughs> oh, God, there's another crossover. <laughs> uh, you know, like when they are about to roll out whatever the fuck that is in winter soldier where it will project like, insight. Yeah. The helicopters. Uh, yeah. Where it's going to yeah. kill everyone who might be thinking about doing something about doing a bad uh-huh, <laughs> doing uh-huh. A murder. And like it, Steve's like, this is, this is fear. This is terrorism. And it, it, I think it takes a lot for a person who is like supposed to be the symbol yeah. of their, you know, their quote unquote brand to be able to be like, call it out and go against it. There's another parallel there because Cap comes from like World War II, like fighting against fascism and this kind of like, mm-hmm. essentially like, um, like hyper vigilant, um, uh, nationalistic state. What is the word I'm thinking of? Like, totalitarian government essentially Mm -hmm. and Luke is kind of the same he's like the old soldier from the war who Mm -hmm. like is like this is what's happening and I'm fucking depressed so I'm gonna go (laughs) run off and like escape from it and I doubt the Jedi now and the Jedi should die Mm -hmm. like they kind of go through that same thing and and to kind of bring to a close of the comparison of Luke and Cap they go out very similarly of in terms of it, they they go out on their own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke and his amazing force, uh, peace and purpose. Yeah, <sighs> and then and like Cap choosing the way he goes in terms of he's staying behind in the past in order to be with his true love and and get a life <laughs> and and have a life. God, Steve Rogers deserves a fucking life. If there's any character out there, Steve Rogers deserves a life of peace and happiness and then getting to pass on the shield or the saber uh to the next to the next generation. Yeah. Is is really beautiful and I'm very emotional right now. <laughs> I am too. God. Um Let's talk about Thor. Mainly Endgame Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about this. or uh, Yeah. We talked about this in I think our mental health episode. Yeah. Um, 
where I talked about like how much Thor's story and Endgame meant to me. Um, and I'm not talking about like the fat phobia and the fat shaming and making a joke at Thor's expense every five seconds. I really fucking relate to him going through this really deep depression and feeling like he is no longer worthy and gaining weight in his depression and isolating himself and you know not wanting to talk about what happened like (laughs) yeah right super relatable so relatable (laughs) yeah um and like I can't tell you how much Thor's story in Endgame means to me like as a person who has gone through similar things um the Thor's line of I'm still worthy is whew yeah (laughs) um I can't even put to words like how much that one little line means to me. I want it tattooed onto my body. I guess that's good words to put it in. Yeah, that and the fact that like he just subverts a lot of um, toxic masculinity in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like he's not afraid to show emotion. He's in pain over yeah. the responsibility that he feels for what happened. And he's like, I no, don't say that no one says that name <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't say that and and the fact that like they didn't make him have like a weight loss character building oh. moment at the end like oh, when so he called the thunder it braided his beard and brought him armor it did not make him thin again because that's right. not what happens like you still carry the pain and the weight of your trauma and whatever that brought afterwards mm-hmm. like it physically changes you whether that's with weight whether that's your brain chemistry there's so many Mm -hmm. ways like yeah and I'm so glad that that he his body stayed the way it did (laughs) because that Mm -hmm. represents so much Mm -hmm. um and I love that he's just like Cap's biggest fan too like (laughs) he's so he's like I fucking knew it (laughs) (laughs) he's so happy to share the power like he doesn't Uh want to like hoard that for himself like he wants everyone to win Mm -hmm. and that's just adorable and I adore him I think Thor and and Luke in The Last Jedi is my is my connection um really does a good job of showing is that you can go through this really deep depression and feel awful and like you're a bad person because there's a lot of guilt that comes with depression that's literally a, a clinical symptom is excessive guilt um, great <laughs> right right um you can go through all of this and still be able to call the hammer back to you still be able to wield your father's lightsaber still be worthy um still be able to save the resistance yeah even if it means giving your life i think too like the way i really now reflecting i think i need to rewatch we need to rewatch the last jedi and like do a whole episode on it because i feel like there's enough distance now like we can really get into some of the stuff that we didn't care for and Mm. really appreciate stuff that we do like about the film in a nuanced way. <laughs> I but haven't watched uh, The Last Jedi since it was in theaters. I, I watched it on the plane after it came out on digital, and then I haven't watched it since because it's, yeah. it's too much. It's, it's a very uncomfortable film. It's not yeah. something you just want to, like, it's not super rewatchable, I don't think. It's not like, no. I think TFA and Rogue One are rewatchable. Yes. But Last Jedi, is it's hard because it's there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, But I feel like the way that, 
um, old man Luke was portrayed, he was kind of unlikable. And I feel yeah. like I can be like that when I'm in a oh, super depressive God. state. Like I get really irritable. Like I'm super just like grumpy and like I'm really emotional. I just react really extremely to things or I just make really mm-hmm. bad decisions about like how I treat people. And that is totally Luke. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was really hard to watch our, our hero be like that. But that's super real. Yeah. Like that's totally like what happens when you have anxiety and depression too. And mm-hmm. like, you, and then you feel guilt over being mm-hmm. like that to the people mm-hmm. that you love. Like he was super guilty that like he failed Leia mm-hmm. and he just wanted to be away from her because it was too painful. God, I can relate to that so hard. Right. It's just like easier before, to, just, to hide. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Like before pre-meds, Abby, I mean, like, you know, I'm still relatively the same person, but in terms of like my emotions, like I used to be a really angry person and I still am like (laughs) like a healthy level of anger, you know, like things I should be angry about, but I was always angry um, and irritable and mean sometimes. Oh, I think about how I was in past relationships when I was very clearly unaware that I had these issues and like untreated. I was. I threw knives at people like I like was prob I was probably abusive, like verbally and physically. Like I will admit that. And I feel terrible about it, but it was just, I had no control over my emotions. I didn't know how, because I, you just feel like you either feel nothing or you feel too many things. (laughs) Yep. And you don't know what to do. (laughs) Nope. And then you become manic and then you're like, ah, shit, I need help. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get the mania, but (laughs) yeah, it's a wild ride. (laughs) Thank God I don't get it. I wouldn't be able to handle that. Well, I would. You know what? (laughs) It came in handy during finals week. I'm sure it did. (laughs) I am sure it did. I'm sure it comes in handy every once in a while. (laughs) That's exhausting. Um, So we've talked a lot about a lot of men. Talk about some ladies. Woo. Uh, you put in here Ray and Carol, which yeah. I find very interesting. So please tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first connection was like a real life connection mm-hmm. of like men being up in arms about a woman having power yeah. and having a lot of it and them feeling like it's unearned and stuff like that. So that was like the first connection I made. But the second one was, uh, well, okay. So I think people will be (laughs) divisive about my views on Rey in terms of her relation to Kylo Ren. Mm. Um, So we all know that I'm not a fan of Kylo Ren. (laughs) And I've talked about it in our past episodes. I talked about it on Sapphic Skywalkers that I do not like them romantically, Ray and and Kyle. Um, (laughs) Because some of that's projecting. um, Some of that's my own shit and, you know, other things. I think that the thing that really was like, yes, I I think Ray and Carol are very similar. Aside from their journey of like having to discover their true power and almost like a coming of age kind of thing, even for Carol, even though she's older. Yeah, finding out that they were enough. Yeah. And like understanding that they they didn't need to be what was tied to their past. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Ray doesn't 
you know, it'd be nice for her to have her family, but she creates her own and she doesn't need them in order to be Rey, the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And and Carol's relationship within the, um, fuck, what are they called? The Kree. The Kree, thank you. I'm a fake Marvel fan. That's um, right, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember what. <laughs> fuck, and I still can't remember uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. Natasha, yes. fuck. <laughs> Okay, that one's a little worse than forgetting Cree. <laughs> I'm a Shield fan. There's lots of Cree in Shield. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but like Carol doesn't need the Cree in order to yeah. be Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. You know, it's it's choosing the family that you want and choosing who you want to be. But one of the big things for me um, is is Carol's moment of pushing down Jude Law, <laughs> yeah, and saying. I don't have to, I don't have anything to prove to you. Yeah. Um, reminds me very much so of Ray closing the Falcon door. Yeah. Of, you know, I trusted you. I put my trust in you and you betrayed that. And I don't, I don't need to prove anything to you. Yeah. I have nothing to prove to you. Um, because I, I am, yep. I am strong <laughs> and powerful in my own right. And I don't fucking need you. Yeah. And then you go back, they go back to their found family. Mm -hmm. She goes back, Ray goes back to Finn and Leia and Carol goes back to Maria and Monica. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and Nick essentially becomes new found family for her too. Oh, I also, that's, that's a really quick comparison that I just made in my head when you mentioned Nick Fury of like Nick Fury doesn't have a soft spot for many people, but he has a huge soft, soft spot for Carol Danvers. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like the same thing with Han and Ray. Um, yeah. Where I think they took on more of like a father-daughter kind of role, whereas like Nick and Carol are very much so friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always just nice to see like guys who like to pretend they're real tough having like a cute little soft spot. <laughs> and Nick Fury's happens to be Carol and Goose. Oh, Goose. Good Goose. Good goose. I love how there's orange tabbies in both universes, even though I know Millicent is not technically canon, but just all the orange tabbies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like hopefully in the next like couple years, we'll have even more parallels and similarities with characters spring up. It's really mm-hmm. sad that like we only really have like essentially three films in total to talk about Ray and Carol right yeah. now. And then we have essentially like many films to talk about Luke and Cap and Luke and yep. Thor. Yeah. Um, so that's a thing that needs to be worked on and is being worked on on the Marvel side. We'll see about, we'll see about Lucasfilm, but, um, I don't know if, if you, the listener feels like there's any other parallels, please email us or DM us or something, communicate with us somehow and tell us what other parallels you see, because I'm sure there's more. pigeon. Oh, send us a hollow. Um, no, don't do that. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like I'm sure there's some things that we missed because um, we're not like we're not true Marvel or Star Wars fans. We're just we just have a podcast and we just talk about this stuff all the time. It's fine. Um, so men like us. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, definitely let us know what you think because mm-hmm. there's a lot of characters in Marvel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You put in here, Abby's <laughs> quick music soapbox. <laughs> we have a soapbox, Ooh. and it's your turn. <laughs> I'm going to stand on my soapbox loud and proud. Okay, so 
one thing that Star Wars definitely does better than Marvel is the music. Oh, yeah. Um, and it is well known that one of Marvel's weaknesses is its music. And there's lots of like really cool videos out there kind of like explaining why this could be a thing. One of them, which is um, films will use temp tracks. And I mean, like mm-hmm. Star Wars did this too of using temp tracks. Um, but sometimes the problem is, is the director gets too attached to the temp track and then we'll be like, like this, tell the composer, I want it like this, but not exactly this. And so that's when you set, you start to get a lot of um, music scores that sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. And now Star Wars used temp tracks as well. Um, and you can but, hear their influence, especially oh, in A New gosh. Hope, I think. Because I think that was, I mean, that was obviously the first film. But mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think John Williams had a, a good feel for, like, what George Lucas was looking for, mm-hmm. essentially. Because it, mm-hmm. it, was, it was out there. And it was, yeah. like, had never been done before. And so, less so with the other films. But definitely with the first film. Um, I can't remember what piece it is exactly. I just know that it's in Fantasia. Uh- <laughs> oh, The Rite of Spring. Is it that one? I think so. That sounds very much so like. Oh, I don't know then. I was thinking of like the Tatooine music. Oh yes, that too. I think <laughs> I think it might be the Sorcerer Mickey music. Um, like further along. Night on Bald piece. Mountain. I don't know. I'll, I, I remember. Sorry, I was, a, I was in band. No, it's okay. <laughs> we played all of the shit. <laughs> If I remember it, I will post it on. I have a video of me showing the similarities. If I find that, Ooh. I will post it on our Twitter account. Yes, please do. Um, because I remember like Chris and I listening to the uh, Fantasia CD, I guess, mm-hmm. on our way home one time. And I was like, holy shit, that sounds like Star Wars. But yeah, I mean, like John Williams drew a lot of inspiration from classical music. Um and you can very much so hear that in all of his scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like at this point, and it's not just Marvel that is limited to this. It's it's a lot of films. Um, music has become just a background noise, like a background yeah. filler. Um, whereas in Star Wars, like it helps tell the story. Um, and like George Lucas has been very candid about that. Like without the music, this is nothing. And like each character, almost each character has a theme and it plays throughout. And like, you know, when Darth Vader is coming, cause you know, classic, but like, it's very um, operatic in that sense yeah. where everyone has themes. Yeah. And it's, it's very intentional. Yeah. And like, especially like you hear it so much in the prequels too. Oh yeah. Um, Like within Anakin's theme is very light and whimsical, but you can hear um imperial march in kind like of like the very end of the theme yeah 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 like there's other really cool music similarities that one of these days i'll have to talk about but that'll take too long uh and i did say it was a quick music soapbox um, <laughs> but basically what i'm trying to say is star wars has themes with mm-hmm. its um particular to particularly to characters and marvel does too like you know iron man has a theme and captain america has a theme but like sometimes they just get ignored yeah um you honestly the only one that i can really call to mind like really easily is the avengers theme yep i love the avengers theme but god they use it for every fucking thing 
I know. Um, <laughs> but like, I remember getting on my Twitter soapbox about this a long time ago of my example of what I wish Marvel did with their music uh, in the similar vein of Star Wars is that in Captain America, the first Avenger, Bucky Barnes would have a theme. Yeah. It didn't need to be a whole piece. It could just be a little tiny, you know, like couple of bars. But you knew when Bucky Barnes was on the screen, like that would play. Mm-hmm. And then going into the Winter Soldier, which the Winter Soldier has a great score. Yeah. Um, and it really I does. Love, yeah. <laughs> I love the Winter Soldier's theme. But it would have been cool if like, you know, maybe it used all of the same notes as Bucky Barnes's theme. Or yeah. if you played it sp- that up you can definitely hear Bucky Barnes's theme stuff like that just like and variations yeah. on the original themes like what John Williams does he like right makes it fun <laughs> and like as Bucky or as the Winter Soldier becomes more Bucky Barnes like you get more of that Bucky Barnes sound than the Winter yeah. Soldier sound like fucking hire me Marvel I can't <laughs> write music for shit and I can barely play music anymore but like, I think I got some good ideas up my sleeve. But <laughs> but that's my quick music soapbox of Marvel can do way better with their scores. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I will say one more thing that Marvel and Star Wars kind of have in common, and this is more real world than it is mm-hmm. like character or theme wise. Um, uh, they're kind of weird about the TV shows and the books or I guess like Marvel doesn't have books but if books and television shows were lumped into one category for Star Wars like they're not really acknowledged on screen and that is very much a huge complaint of of mine on my other podcast with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Mm -hmm. the MCU and now the Netflix shows for sure but um all these other like Disney Plus shows that got announced um there's I don't know. There's a lot of, I, I don't know what the continuity is going to look like. They just don't seem to care as much, mm-hmm. which is fine. And Star Wars just cares a lot more about continuity and about canon. And they have like a whole story group de- devoted to that. And um, there's a lot of comparisons made between like the Marvel, the MCU, and then like the Star Wars universe and like continuity and all that stuff. And I think that Marvel is kind of like taking, like stepping away from that more where it's like, yeah, they do have like television shows, they have comics and then they have the movies and they're all interconnected, but it's more so the films. It is like a cinematic universe Whereas star Wars is trying to interconnect like books, comics, um, television movies, and then these like standalone films as well. And they're trying to make it more cohesive, which is very different than what Marvel is doing, I think. So Mm -hmm. just kind of comparing that. And it's interesting, like there's drawbacks and positives to, to both ways. I mm-hmm. think I think a lot of times, especially the books especially suffer yeah. in Star Wars because of these like canon continuities that they can't reveal certain things from the films and these books are like released before the films come out and so the authors don't have as enough enough information to like, I don't know, write about these characters that we're gonna see on screen. But also like it is kind of cool that we're getting books about characters that are on screen. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then resistance, everyone just kind of ignores resistance, which we are too, sadly, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there watching it because apparently it's good. So, but yeah, just the fact that like there was nothing even mentioned about like Star Wars animation at Comic-Con is very interesting. So yeah. we'll see if there's anything from D23, but I don't know. If you guys have thoughts, send us emails, send us DMs, add us, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
let us know what you think. We'll probably have another, another episode on this, I'm sure, because <laughs> there's lots more uh, parallels to be, to be talked about for mm-hmm. Marvel and Star Wars. Um, but you can find Lousy Beautiful Town on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and if you're a browser listener, you can listen to us on Podbean. Um, you can find us on Twitter at LBTPod. You can send us an email at lousybeautifultownpod at gmail.com. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia. And you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Um, and super special secret announcement that's not even really an announcement, but be on the lookout on Twitter for some Star Wars Rep Matters activity coming later this week. Um, we have a special surprise coming either Thursday or Friday. And it is not an online campaign. It is something different. So, yay. <laughs> um, I can officially, we'll, we'll be able to officially announce this on our next episode. But, yeah, keep mm-hmm. an eye out for some SW Rep Matters news that it's very exciting. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, bye. <laughs> it's really hot in here. I'm sweating. <laughs> Oh my god, we don't have an episode title. Oh, fuck. again it's been a long long time haven't felt like this my dear since can't remember when it's been a long long time you'll never know how many dreams I've dreamed about you or just how empty they all seem And kiss me twice And kiss me once again It's been a long, long time Alright, three, two, one, go 
Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and Marvel and throw our fist through, or put our, damn it, <laughs> put our fist through things. It's a good start. <laughs> Let's do that again. 